Yes, g'day and welcome to the latest edition of the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast where we talk everything off-road and off-grid. This week we'll take a look at Australia's pubs, the history of some of Australia's oldest hotels around the place. There's plenty of them. We'll talk about... Um, four-wheel drive parks as well as we come into that Christmas period. And as we are talking Christmas and New Year, we'll also talk about caravan parks. We'll shoot the breeze and as usual, we'll get a bit sidetracked as well. So let's get right into it right now. Rico, g'day, mate. G'day, mate. How are you travelling? Mate, I'm going okay. How good is it? A bit smoky around here today. Oh, it's shocking, isn't it? How about those blokes doing a tough out there fighting these fires, mate? It is just horrible. Yeah, it is. certainly is, and we certainly wish them um, all the very best, and uh, and good luck to you if you're out there fighting those fires. I mean, those. Uh, I was talking to uh, through the week to the Bulga Tavern, and we're going to get into pub shortly, but um, I don't think she's seen her husband for almost six weeks. I got an off out fighting fires. It's just yeah. incredible. And that part of the world is really doing it tough in terms of the fires out there at Yango and Wollamai. Uh, lots and lots and lots of country out there, and a lot of it's on fire. Yeah, it certainly is. So uh, for, for those people who are out there doing that, well done to you. And uh, and if you've been affected by it, and plenty of people have, um, look, we wish you all the very best. And and uh, and look, it just needs to rain, doesn't it? We need, really need real big rain here. Oh, how good would it be? Um, not just to fill dams around the place, which is obviously a bit of a, a bit of a necessity at the minute, but it will help put these fires out and get some control over some of them at the very least. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So everybody involved in that, we uh, we do wish you well. And uh, there's plenty of people complaining about the smoke. I mean, well, mate, how would you like to be right up there amongst it? <laughs> exactly right. I mean, it's, uh, it is. And I mean, obviously the smoke's not ideal, but uh, we've got plenty of it here today. But, um, look, you know, the fires aren't that far from here, where we no, are today, no, Rick. Not at all. 20 not at all. k's, you know, if that, yeah, in some pretty, cases, it's pretty really scary. Good. Yeah, so anyway, when uh, there's some pics around of a place that, dear to my heart, where we travel to a fair bit down at Wiseman's Ferry, and um, it looks um, big down there. And uh, so for anyone down there and all our mates at Wiseman's, uh, good luck to you down there. We did see some photographs come through on the, um, on the actual uh, social media last night where um, it looks like the, the flames are right at the end of the street, the main street. Yeah, they're directly yeah. directly opposite the road there. Yeah, so anyway, but, um, mate, how's things been going, mate? Pretty full on for yeah, you, mate. as usual? Yeah, very, very busy, uh, especially leading into Christmas, trying to get a few things, uh, loose ends tied away. But yeah. uh, Oh, your Christmas shopping. Yeah, oh, look, yeah. mate, I haven't... See if the red suit still fits. <laughs> haven't even thought about the Christmas shopping yet. Yeah. Do you do the Christmas shopping, or...? No. Oh, fair enough. That's yeah. a bit unfair, mate. You go out and uh, do you make little suggestions? Yeah, or? look, nice, nice set up there. Thanks I, for that. I thought of a good one this morning for the uh, for the young bloke. It's hard to buy for, but he's easy. Yeah, because you're just imagine. getting something for his four drives, you know. Right. So, um, my daughter's a little bit harder. Yeah, the the missus is impossible. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but um, I've thought of a good one for him, which I know you'll like and something that he needs. So he, I think he'll be covered. So I'll just pass it on to the finance minister here and say, look, you better get him that. I'll order, I'll organise it. You just pay for it. And, um, <laughs> Even better. So that's one out of the way. And then um, and then obviously, but yeah, the, the, mate, the Christmas shopping. <laughs> I mean, have you ever done the last minute dash on Christmas Eve into the shops? Mate, once. Never again. Mate, that'd be never good. again. You can get a deal, you know. Bit of a bargain. Oh, mate, it's, it, you've got to be a glutton for punishment to get into that sort of caper. That's I think just where crazy. They, where they get you is they have those Boxing Day sales. So two days after that, everything's half price. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm typically out of town by then anyway. Oh, yeah, where are you going this year, mate? Looking to go up to Cameron Corner, mate. Yeah, right, and, okay. Uh, do the, the three New Year's Eve on one night. Yeah, that's the go, mate. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it should be hot out there, though. 
Yeah, it'll be warm, mate, but it's been on the bucket list for a while. So. Yeah, so New Year's Eve out there. Yeah, at Cameron Corner, you get uh, New South Wales will have their New Year's and followed by Queensland, followed yeah. by South Australia. Have you got a pool there? No, no, they haven't, mate. Jeez. Not much water up there. No, <laughs> no, Joe, mate, you'll be struggling out there. So three New Year's Eves. Yeah, that's right. Look, mm. I've, I've done Christmas and New Year's out at Broken Hill in the yeah. past, and, and it gets yeah. pretty warm out there at that time mm. of the year as well. Mm. Uh, we actually camped on the banks of Lake Pamamaru over the New Year's break, and that was fantastic. Well, other people camp there as well or not? Oh, heaps. Yeah, okay. heaps. Yeah, that's all right. At, well, at I mean, the time, there was water in the lakes as well. So yeah, it makes so. a big difference. I noticed that the, everyone heads to the beaches. I mean, it was funny, I read a thing uh, the other day. There are 10,000 beaches in Australia, and if you were to travel to every one of them, it take you 27 years. Yeah, one every day, a new one mm. every day. Yeah, that's yeah. right. There's oh, it's amazing. squillions of them. Yeah, and uh, it's ama- uh, the thing that gets me is when you look at the traffic getting out of the big cities for, you know, for days on end, oh, it's surprising there's anyone left. But yet there is. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's unbelievable, really. Well, mate, 27 years to go see them all at your age. You better get cracking. Yeah, it won't be happening, mate. It won't, I won't be... Um, I'm afraid I've missed that boat. I might get to a couple <laughs> of them, but... I don't know about twenty-seven years worth, but uh, yeah, no, we're very, very lucky, and uh, and that's the good thing. And this time of year is when people start heading to those beaches around the place because it gets pretty hot, and uh, and that is summer in Australia. But people just love it: beach, sand, and sun, surf and sun, or whatever it is. Yep, they love it. And um, I try to stick to me outback travel places like where you're going for winter time. Yeah, well, look, it's certainly a lot smarter. I, yeah, well, I'll give t- you that. But uh, I'm off to Tamworth for the Country Music Festival for a couple of weeks, and mate, the the weather there, that'll be hot there. Yeah, mate, you reckon the sunsets in the outback are great in winter? You should see them in summer. Yeah, right. It is just next level, something else. Yeah, it'll be, mate, it'll be very, very hot. If you're doing that, you can uh, let us know about that as well. Also, um, I mean, three the, the the highlight of that will be the three New Year's Eves. Yeah, well, that's the only reason I'm mm. going, isn't it? I told so. you this before. I think, have you, have you, mate, I've seen three sunrises on the one day. Which you can do. Three sunrises on the one yeah, day. Yeah, I've seen three sunrises on the one that? day. You ever been in a hot air balloon? No, and nor will I. That's, well, nah. that's just ludicrous. Nah. That's silly. Well, not really. I mean, like, you know, there's a silly things you can do, but um, a mate of mine, Stevie Allen, up around Curry Curry on the, in the Hunter, has a hot air balloon business, and my missus and daughter wanted to go on one. So we went up there, and you've got to get there at Sparrows, obviously, and he had spare spots on one of the balloons. He had two balloons going up. Yeah. And I, there, I had no intentions. I just thought, mate, there is no way in the world I would ever go with a hot air balloon. No, anyway, no. so I aimed, I manned up, went on it, and I've got to tell you, when he he give he gives you the little briefing before it goes of things that you know what you what to expect and what to do and all these things. And um, I've got to tell you, I was shitting myself when he was talking about the possible <laughs> landing, how the you know the the, what do they call it, the basket that you're standing in. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, overturn on the ground and do all these things. I think, oh, but none of that happened. But I think that is prepare you for the... It's like, when you go, it's like when you go on a flight and they're telling you where your life jacket is. I mean, hello. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're on a, if, <laughs> I mean, if you're on a flight from um, Sydney to, say, Mount Isa, I don't think you'd be worrying about a life, life jacket, jacket, would you? Yeah, but... I, um, I jumped out of a plane once. You know, I wouldn't do that. Uh, How'd you do that? Well, it wasn't a perfectly good plane. It was uh, it was out there at Picton where they did the skydiving, and that plane was well past its use by date. It was a hunk of junk. Yeah. And uh, and this was a tandem thing. A tandem thing, mate. I was ninety six kilos at the time, which was as heavy as you're allowed to be. Mm. And they strapped me to a fair income jockey. The bloke would have been forty seven kilos. And uh, and when we landed, he he's just gone. Oh crap! You weren't on top, were you? <laughs> and he's just 
buckled. <laughs> I've landed on my backside and broke my coccyx, my tailbone. Mm. Cracked that in a couple of spots. Yeah. So, yeah. And then about three months' time, they should have the other bloke dug up. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding, aren't you? Uh, he must have been 70 year old as well. Fair really? I mean, what, of all the blokes you're going to strap me to. Yeah. The, the smallest, oldest fella there. Unbelievable. It I'll was a buzz, though, I must admit. You know, that, that split second where you leave the plane and you just accelerate to whatever it is, 240k an hour in yeah. a split second, that oh. that takes your breath away. Yeah, no, bugger that, mate. Oh, I don't mind doing a few things, but jumping out of planes is not one of them. I don't even like planes to begin with. I don't even like, I don't even like walking in them. No. Never mind jumping out of one, so... Um, but don't, I don't mind helicopters. You've been in them? Yeah, I hate them. Do you? I hate them. I like helicopters. I just no, think there's something about fan. them. I don't not mind them. Fan. Anyway, so um, I remember one time, I've told this story before on the radio, we were up the Central Coast on Tugra Lakes and... Um, a massive southerly had blown up overnight, and what had happened was the kids, or we presume it was kids. There was a couple of boats got untied, so the southerly had taken my boat up the up the lake overnight. So oh, when I got in the morning, like, where's the boat? Like the boat's gone. Well, where is it? And you know, so I'm thinking someone's stolen it or whatever. So then we sort of Jerry. So then I was talking to someone. That's what they said, mate. We saw your boat about. 40 metres off the bank. We thought you must have been out prawning or something in the middle of the night. So then I've jerried. Anyway, the lake up there, it's fairly shallow, so it can get really rough. So we jumped in a tinny and we couldn't see it. And we thought, oh, what are we going to do? Anyway, there was helicopter joy flights off the beach at North Entrance. <laughs> so I've gone over and, um, and uh, hired a helicopter. I just, just want to go over the lake, mate. And there it was, sitting at, a, believe it or not, it had washed up onto a beach right beside a boat ramp with the fishing rods in it and all the gear, the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I said, mate, can you let me out here? <laughs> no, so we went back, got the car and went up and got it. But, um, mate, I don't mind them. I've been on them a few times. I think they're uh, they're pretty good. No, nah, mate, my theory is light aircraft, helicopters, hot air balloons, they're the things you see on the on the news stories when it all goes bad. Yeah, I had a mate of mine who was in the Air Force who had a bit to do with those roulette planes. Yep. He reckons that sorts you out. Oh, no doubt. No, yeah, he'd been in those. <laughs> oh, it's uh, something you and I don't need to worry about. No, no, not at all, mate. But anyway, all right, so we've got a bit of a, a big one this week on the podcast. We're going to talk the history of Australian pubs and try and get to the bottom of which is the, the, the bottom of the argument. Yeah, this is a really contentious issue. Australia's oldest pub, which I, I believe I know which one that is. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. But a lot of people claim to, um, or a lot of pubs claim to be the oldest pub in Australia, so... We'll have a chat about that. That'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about four-wheel drive parks. I bumped into a mate of yours the other day at the uh, the shops in town who owns a four-wheel drive park not far from here. In fact, he'd be up there right – well, he may not be there, but there'd be fires right right on his property there. Yeah, he actually posted some photos last night of uh, of the Putty Road. So he's he's got a property up there at House mm. Valley, mm. and and it just looks catastrophic. Yeah, TJ's Forby Park. I've got to say that um, – I was talking to a bloke who was out in the bush the other day and um, he'd actually taken a bulldozer um, on the back of a truck out there, to, you know, because they were trying to make some fire breaks. And he said the feeling was just eerie. Yeah. No sound, just dead silent. It was just, you know, you know when you're in the bush, you hear the, you know, the trees and you hear the, the wildlife and birds and yeah. nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some photos. It's just a barren landscape. Yeah. Well, where he was, he was actually still in the bush, Right. Like, but it, like, like, still, it hadn't been affected as yet. Wow. Um, and he said, but but not far from it. He's like, the only noise was helicopters. 
dropping water bomb, doing the water bombing. So, yep. uh, but he said it was a very eerie feeling. Just it was like, you know, what what's to come. And and that, and twenty minutes after he got out of that area, um, she went up. Yep. So it was, you know, just mate, it is incredible. So, like we say, everyone who's out there um, involved in that. Um, good luck to you. So we'll talk about four-wheel drive parks because they are becoming um, a bit of the norm these days, really. the People love to get out there and camp yeah, in a, yeah, in a safe environment and four-wheel drive tracks. I have, I know I don't mind them. I still much prefer the, you know, the unfenced four-wheel drive bush camping and all that stuff as well, but these things serve a purpose and they are good. And um, I know you're a fan of a few around the place. And yeah, I've been, been fortunate them. enough to visit quite a few of them over the years. And yeah, and yeah the, I, I think it's just a great experience. Well, I think, and Graham Cahill, who's a good mate of ours, he 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 believes that it, it's you know because every week there's some other track closed and access is being you know restricted in so many parts of Australia that these these four wheel drive parks will be the go. Everyone will be heading to them. So we'll talk a bit about those. Now that we're heading into the Christmas and New Year period, we'll talk a bit about caravan parks and yeah, holidaying right. in those caravan parks. Yeah, and you know, I'm tipping if you haven't booked your site by now, you're probably going to miss out for this Christmas. That's they, right. The yeah. good ones fill up pretty quick. Yeah, and if you're heading to the East Coast, and in particular around the mid-north coast of New South Wales, where they have had um, some fires and, and a lot of people up there, even people have lost their lives there, uh, terrible. Get up there. The place is still open for business. These regions are still open, so go up and... Enjoy your holiday and um, and support some of these local communities that have um, that have been affected with by fires in the yeah, recent times. Be doing it tough. But caravan parks, mate, I'm a bit of a fan of them in some respects, not all the time, but sometimes. Yep. So uh, we'll talk a bit about that as well. So, uh, but we are going to kick off with our first thing, which will be the pub. So we'll get into that right now. So, mate, um, Australia's oldest pubs. Australia's oldest pubs, mate. As we said there, there are quite a few claims to being Australia's oldest pubs, and I guess it comes down to how you define that. So, Australia-wide, the Bush Inn in New Norfolk in Tasmania claims to be the oldest pub in Australia. Mm. Uh, And and this is according to g'daypubs.com.au. So, this is not my research. This is uh, the research from the guys at g'daypubs.com.au. They say that the Bush Inn in Tassie is the oldest continuously licensed hotel operating on the same site and in the same building, and it's been there since 1815. Well, it doesn't just because it's been continuous, continuously licensed yep. doesn't mean it's the oldest pub. The oldest pub could have opened, right, and then closed for a while, but then reopened. It's still the oldest pub. Yeah, well, I guess that's right, isn't it? Um, I believe the Macquarie Arms in Windsor is the oldest pub. The Macquarie Arms in Windsor, it's... Uh, it's it's local to both of us. Mm. One of my favourites. So much charm and character in that place. Mm. I think that one was uh, 1815 yep. from memory. Yeah, well, it started off as a barracks quarters and they had had a bar there, which is why they claim that it was um, it is Australia's oldest pub. It was the first place to actually sell rum on tipping back then. Would have been rum, yep. Yeah, I know one thing, though. I'm a, I'm a frequent um, visitor of the <laughs> Macquarie Arms. Frequent visitor, I bet you are. Uh, well, mate, we, we actually sat there and had a few beers and spoke about this podcast. Well, I had beers, you drank cider. Yeah, that's, um, that's where the podcast about, was born. We sort of said, why don't we do a podcast? And we sat there in the beer garden. I've got to tell you that back in 1815, people must have been short. Because if you've been in the Macquarie Arms Hotel, then for people listening in other parts of Australia or even the world, because we've got people listening to us in the... States, 
Yeah. We've got people listening to us all over the place to this Crazy. podcast. The, do- the, the doorways are very, very low. In fact, on some of them, you've got to sort of duck your head to walk in. Yeah. And, um, and we're not that tall. No. So there you go. So <laughs> so they had very short people back in that, in that time. Mate. And not only that, I mean, and, and that pub is, is very local to me here. What's even closer is Australia's oldest church. Which St. Matthews? No, it's out at uh, Ebenezer. Okay. Ebenezer Church is the old, is Australia's oldest church. And uh, and I can tell you, and when you think about it, when people, when we first settled here in this country, I mean, they were there, obviously they were in Sydney, they were in the harbour, all around that area. But they had to farm and they headed out here. And there's a lot of farming yeah, still right. going on out here. And um, if you go into that pub, and I was lucky enough to be mates with, with one of the publicans at one point who took me down stairs of the Macquarie Arms Hotel. They say it's haunted. Not that I'm really um, into that, <laughs> but uh, they do say that. But um, when you go down the bottom, you go down this little spiral stairway, you get down to the old morgue. The morgue? The old under morgue. Under the pub? Under the pub. There's an old morgue there. Really? Yeah, and then there are tunnels that go down to the river. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of history there. I know they do ghost tours through Windsor. Mm, I've never gone on one of those. There's, uh, there's St Matthew's in Windsor, which also is one of those things that claims to be one of the oldest churches. But and, uh, uh, It's pretty common knowledge. Australia's oldest church is at Ebenezer, which yeah. is not far from Windsor, it's, isn't it? Hawkesbury yeah, District. that's right. Well, well, St Matthew's has got people from the First Fleet in it, and, yeah. and most of my family on my dad's side mm. are there as well. Yeah, so um, so there you go. So, uh, so, that's, uh, so the Macquarie Arms, I think, is... The oldest pub. I know there's another one that claims to be too at the Rocks in Sydney. Well, no, in Parramatta actually, the Woolpack Hotel. So uh, mm. back in the day, so they're saying the license for this place was issued in 1796. No, but I'm telling you that Cadet pubs or whatever it is there have forgotten about or haven't spoken to anyone at the Rocks. There is a pub down there they claim to be Australia's oldest. I always thought the Woolpack. I never thought, wouldn't have even come into my mind. No, they've been to that pub. Yep, but yeah, I have Woolpack. heard about the one in Tassie. The Macquarie Arms and another one in the rocks, but I just can't think of the name of it. And when you look at the rocks... Yeah, well, nothing there even gets a mention in this. It's amazing, really, considering that's where everybody started. Yeah, that's right. That's where Australia was born. Yep. Basically, the rocks. Anyway, so the the one at Parramatta. The Woolpack at Parramatta used to be called the Freemasons Arms Inn. So, yeah, it actually moved as well. So it's not in the same building that it once was. Mm. But you read through these lists, you know, you've got... The Macquarie Arms, the Freemasons Arms, the Surveyor General in Berrima, which has been there since 1835. Um, who comes up with these names? No idea. I'd love to name a pub. What would you name a pub? The Baby's Arm. The Baby's Arm. Mm. <laughs> I'd call it the gym. Say, yeah. honey, I'm off to the gym. Yeah, well. she go, yeah, great. I think I've told you before, I've got a mate of mine who calls the pub the, the hardware. The hardware. Mm. <laughs> but she got away with that for a little while, believe it or not. And uh, uh, until he until he was, you know, she couldn't work out why he's getting driven home from the hardware every day, <laughs> smelling a beer. There was no, no, there was no, you know, hardware, you know, things being, you know, collected at home, like no evidence of new tools yeah. or wheelbarrows or no projects on the go. No. All right, so let's let's have a quick run through New South Wales. So we've got the Macquarie Arms, which you and I believe is the oldest pub, um, the the Woolpack in Parramatta, which also holds some sort of claim. The Surveyor General in Berrima was 1835. Uh, Where else? The the oldest continually licensed pub in the same building continues the debate. Uh, The Fortunes of War, the Lord Nelson, both around 1828. The Harp Hotel in Bungendore, 1838. 
Uh, been to that one? Yeah, I bet you have. Mm. I'm tipping there wouldn't be too many on this list you haven't been to. Oh, no, there would be a lot, but I've been to a few. Here's an interesting one. In Menindi, the Maidens Hotel. Really? Yeah, that's right. So it okay. uh, claims to be the second oldest continually operating hotel, having opened in 1853. Mm-hmm. And Burke and Wills actually stayed there. Right, okay. Not. So the Burke and Wills expedition, they, they went up to Menindi and made their first base camp there, and a lot of blokes stayed behind, camped on the river. Mm. Uh, but Burke and Wills, they, they roughed it in the Maidens Hotel. So there you go. Yeah, okay. Uh, the Horse and Jockey in Homebush. They reckon that dates back to 1807, so if that's true, that predates the Macquarie Arms. Yeah, where, 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 in Homebush where? I don't know. It just says Homebush. Right, okay. It doesn't look like a building that exists. Have you ever really researched this, have you? I mean, when you do the proper research, you go to the pubs and ask the questions. Mate, if I was going to do that, I'd be gone for a year. Yeah, I know. You'd be Nothing gone for, forget the 27 years for the, <laughs> the, for beaches. the beaches. It'd be another 57 to go into all the pubs. <laughs> now, that I'm a chance. Uh, the Hero of Waterloo as well is another one. That started as a barracks, like Macquarie Arms, mm. uh, and it started as a barracks in 1804, but it didn't get its licence until uh, 1845. So, Queensland, some great pubs in Queensland, some absolute corkers. There's, uh, first pubs there were open in 1841, I believe. The Queen's Arm Hotel in Ipswich, yep. um, that one's 1849. What else is there on this? The Nindagali pub would be. How about that? Is the Nindy Nindagali on there? Yeah, the Nindy. The um, the license was issued in 1864 for the Nindagali pub. Yep. It was also a shearer's accommodation for the Nindagali yep. station. So it's definitely one of those classic outback pubs that needs to be on everyone's list. Really. Yeah, well, the Nindagali. I mean, it's a, a very very popular place for caravanners and campers travelling along the, you know, along the way, but. I think they have some events there too. I think the pig race was there last weekend, I think. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they had a bit of rain there. I saw some video so, of so some the rain. So the bacon will be on special this week? I mean, you ever, have you ever tried to tackle one of their burgers? No, I haven't. I've seen them. Yeah, mate, they're yeah. enormous, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, but no, I did see some video footage of the Ninda Gully last weekend and it was pouring rain, so happy days. They'd need it there. Yeah, too right. Uh, another another one in Gympie. This one's a tough one to pronounce. It's... The Apollo Nanian. Right. <laughs> there you go. And who, who names pubs? I mean, who ever come up with the name the Royal? I mean, that well, that's they're, they're everywhere. The Royal. Well, if, there's a Royal Hotel everywhere. If you could license that, mm. that's just the name and collect royalties. Well, it's the Crown and Pinion. Anyway. The Crown and Pinion. <laughs> I love it. Love it. How about this one? The Royal Bull's Head Inn in Drayton mm. in Queensland. Yeah. Uh, that one was built in 1847. Mm. I've been to a couple of Royal Bullshit Inns. <laughs> There's plenty of those around. Mm. How about in Victoria? So in Victoria, the uh, one of the oldest ones there is the Merry Jig Inn mm. um, from 1841. Uh, the Port Albert Hotel in Victoria as well. That's, um, that's a bit of a cracker, 1842, so it's around the same sort of time. The Caledonian in Port Ferry, 1844. There's a few good ones there. One of my favourites down there is uh, is the Dargo Hotel. Yep. That's an absolute corker. I've had a few great nights there. A few yep. ciders. A few ciders, a few bourbons. Mm. Yeah, mate. Uh, the Gordon Hotel in Portland and the Elephant Bridge Hotel. The Elephant Bridge, Fair Dinkum. That's Where? another good name for a pub. The Elephant Trunk Hotel. The Elephant's Trunk. <laughs> the because, I mean, how many people go to a pub and end up elephants on the way out, you know? <laughs> Uh, we need that elephant, baby elephant. There's a good account. name, eh? Elephant Trunk Hotel. <laughs> in in WA, uh, around the same time as um, Victoria, actually, 1841, the first pub opened over there, uh, and that was the Rosen Crown Hotel in Guildford. 
yep. just outside of Perth. Uh, there's also the London Hotel over there in Albany. Albany's a great part of the world. Uh, South Australia. South Australia, in 1837, we have the Edinburgh Castle Hotel. Right. Any other great pubs in South Wales? <sighs> Maori Hotels. Yeah, Maori's a beauty. Yeah, there's a couple of good ones there. Oh, but, oh, but I've got to admit to you, I mean, I'm a bit of an outback pub man. Yeah, I guess there's a... The Mungarani Hotel. Mungarani. On the birds. Oh, mate, how good is the Mungarani? That is just a corker. Mm. I, I've had a couple of nights there that I don't remember. Really? They told me I had a good time. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think the Mungarani's been sold for a couple of years too, but um, it was at one point. Mungarani's a great spot. You sort of wheel in there. You see the big yellow M? Yeah. The All big, the kids get excited. The McDonald's. <laughs> anyway. Uh, very good. Down in Tassie, of course, uh, we spoke about earlier in New Norfolk, you've got the Bush Inn, the Brunswick Hotel uh, from 1827. It's funny that in Tassie, these, these hotels, they, they predate Queensland, Victoria, mm. South Australia, WA. And I'm guessing that's because um, that's where we sent all the really yeah, bad she was, convicts. Yeah, she was a penal colony down there, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that was the prisoner island. We mm. sent all the real bad ones down there, all the nasty ones. And, uh, yeah, the, the boys were looking after them. I suppose they needed somewhere to drink, didn't they? Had mm. to wet the whistle. Exactly right, mate. Uh, the Cornwall Hotel. It's now called the Batman Faulkner Inn. Where's that? Uh, down in Tassie as well. Yep, Okay. Okay, the Northern Territory. What, which one do you reckon would be the oh, oldest? Oh, the Daly Waters have to be. The Daly Waters. Waters. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yep. 1938, so they're, they're late bloomers there in, in the NT. They've been making up for it ever since, though, haven't they? Well, remember the Darwin Stubby? The Darwin Stubby, yeah. two, two litres worth. Yeah, they get, you can't get them anymore. I think, I mean, I've got an empty one down the back. Yeah, you see a few of them playing mm. around mate's houses, don't you? Mm. The old Darwin Stubby. In fact, I've got a mate of ours who joins us on the radio show each week, Waddy from Barefoot Fishing Safaris, and he said it's... It's actually an offence to drive past the Daly Waters without stopping in. Oh, I think it's un-Australian to drive past any of back mm. So we're not encouraging people to get, get no. on the drink and drive. No, but, but having said that, I've driven past many, mm. uh, unfortunately. My favourite pub, though, is the Mount Dare Hotel yeah, right, in okay. South Australia. On the edge of the Simpson? Right right there on the western edge of the Simo. Everyone who's there has mm. had an adventure to get there, mm. and they've got an adventure ahead of them. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the, the mood's always just up. <laughs> When you're in uh, when you're in Mount Dare, it's a great spot. What, what's your favourite pub of all time? Mate, I've got a couple of favourites. I guess, mate, <laughs> why wouldn't I? Look, I guess my favourite is probably the Walkabout Creek Hotel in McKinley, Queensland. I yeah. do. I wait. I think because a couple of reasons. One is it's out of one of my favourite movies, obviously, The Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee, Dundee, which basically yep. put put Australia travel on the map. I reckon well, Paul Hogan did anyway, uh, and that movie certainly did help. But I think. Australia's best publican is running that pub. Really? Yeah, Frank. And uh, we should try and get Frank on here one day and uh, and have a chat to him. He's a real character. And mate, he, and he's an accidental publican too. He's not a career publican. Yep. In fact, he was actually, uh, like uh, me and a lot of other people, a bit of a fan of the movie and a fan of the Walkabout Creek pub, and uh, which originally wasn't called that. It, there's, no, there's no such town as Walkabout Creek. No. Uh, but uh, it, was the, it was in McKinley, Queensland, and... The pub had another name, and then when once the movie happened and it was such a hit, they renamed it the Walkabout Creek Hotel and actually picked up the pub and moved it around the corner and put it on the main highway. <laughs> so, um, and Frank Frank was basically just a normal bloke on his on his way home from a Darwin trip. Did what everybody does when they do that trip: called in there for a beer and got a few photos to say you were there. And then when he got home, he was so excited by it. 
he looked on the on the internet and noticed it was for sale. So he went back up and bought it, and he's been there ever <laughs> since. And um, so he's no career publican by any stretch. There but, you go. mate, he is the Walkabout Creek Hotel. He well, you know is such the, a bush character. You know what the pub was called initially? I just quickly looked it up. I'm not going to claim I knew this off the top of my head. It's called the Federal Hotel. There you go. That's right. The yeah. Federal. So um, whoever picked that um, whoever picked that pub um, for that movie was a genius. Yeah, they've done well, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people think that it's actually in the Northern Territory. Well, it isn't. It's in Queensland, south of Cloncurry. Yeah, beautiful yeah. part of the world too. Not much there. Up up the road from Julia Creek, which yeah. is another cracking spot. So I've got, yeah. got a couple of good pubs in Julia Creek. Yeah, I've spoken a while, mate, from the Julia Creek Hotel. But it, um, mate, that would have to be, I'd reckon, up there with me favourite. There's a, I, I do have a couple um, of favourite pubs, but that is one of them, definitely. How about, Number uh, one. How about the Hawkesbury Hotel, mate? One of those last surviving bastions of live music. Oh, mate. Yeah, I do like the Hawkesbury. I drink there a bit. And, uh, we're actually doing a radio show there this week. And um, I do like it. But for me, I'd still say it's got to be, I think, the, the walkabout. And there's nothing there. I mean, there's a roadhouse across the road from it that's now automated. Automated, yeah. And you just sit there and look at um, road trains go by and, and take it easy. I, I think it's because of Frank and because I'm mates with him and, yeah. and the fact that it's... A bit of an iconic pub, and he's you know, got great facilities there. We should do something on roadhouses as well, because well, I, I love a good roadhouse. Yeah, well, there's plenty of them, especially out there. They all back up as pubs. Yep. As well, they're all. I mean, yeah. I, I did the radio show from the Balladonian Roadhouse the other week. Yeah, there's the Pink Roadhouse in New yeah. That's a yeah. that's a corker. Yeah, there's a few around. So, um, but yeah, you know, the walkabout. And then, oh, mate, that's very very hard. To, I don't mind. Um, I don't mind some of the pubs, you know, in the outback. I'm, I'm more. I'm more of a bush pub person than a city pub because oh. the city pubs now are like RSL clubs oh they're like resorts yeah, it's, I, it's I, just not not the same sort of vibe you I, know well like RSL clubs Pokey's going in you know Poker Machine Noise and Trendy and they're trying to turn them you know yeah, these are right. the ones in the city but I, I think I think country pubs are the basically the characteristic of this country the characteristic backbone of the country yeah well look you're not Real you're not going to you're not going to walk into the Tilpa Hotel and, and see you know some sort of deconstructed Chicken parma with a balsamic reduction mm. or something like that, eh? Yeah, you know, with leaves and... <laughs> <laughs> you can have a steak or you can have a steak, mate. Yeah, the Tulpa pub's a beauty. And there's a rip. There's just too many to choose from. And I've been to a few of them. Yeah, I look th- the same. I don't mind yeah. the Mulga Creek pub either. A Byrock, it's a good little pub too. Oh, best... Oh, actually, second best lamb cutlets. Yeah. Fantastic. Best lamb cutlets are at Mick Cronin's. Remember Mick Cronin, played for Parramatta? Yeah. Cronin's pub at Jerringong. Best right. clean, best crumb cutlets you'll get anywhere. Okay, I haven't tried that more. Mate, you got to get there. They My are the best. is the Halfway House. Yeah. Out at... Um, oh, what's the name of that place out there? Just near Oberon, the Halfway House. Great pub. Great pub. I know the one you're talking about. It's just reopened. A mate of mine was there restoring that pub, working okay. on it. Yeah, I know yep. the one you're talking about. On the road out there, yeah. So he, he um, yeah, made up on Greg. He did, he did the Ruthie jingle for me. Played all the instruments and oh, sang the tune go. for the Ruthie show. The Hampton Hotel. And that's, uh, that's cool. it. He did a lot of the work there on rest- restoring that pub. And I actually met one of the owners. He's got a business in Sydney as well. And, um, yeah, that's a good, that's a real good pub. But there's just too many of them. I mean, it, I've never been to too many bad ones. You're making me thirsty, mate. That's what's going on here. Oh, yeah, get on to the Bilpin <laughs> Ciders. Anyway, so there it is. So Australia's oldest hotels is a bit of a blue on which one is the oldest. Yeah, well, look. So, mate, we can try and get Frank. I'm not sure if we can get him. Let's see if we can get him. I know he's on the mail run today. Yeah, well, look, while you're doing that, I'd, I'd like to encourage everyone to, to send us an email. 
info at rickowntheduck.com.au and tell us what's your favourite pub. I'd exactly. love to hear it. Exactly. Let's just see if we can get him. We'll see if we can find um, Frank. We might not get him today. I reckon he'll be out of range because he's on the mail run. So not only is he the publican. He does it all. Yeah, he's going on a big holiday. Closing the pub for a couple of, well, about six weeks or something. We'll just see if we can get him. Here we go. We'll just see. And, uh, whoop. Oh, oh, hang on. Yeah, we we could have jagged him. Come on, Frank, pick up. He's probably delivering someone's Christmas card. <laughs> Duck, there you going? G'day, Frank. How are you, son? Yeah, good, mate. Good. What's going on? Did, well, you, did you get my text message? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Good stuff, mate. Where are you? I'm um, uh, Cannington Mine at the moment. You where? Uh, Cannington Mine is like a, a silver mine, about 80 k out of town. Yeah, right, okay. So as well as being the uh, guru at the... Walk about, uh, walk about Creek Hotel. What are you, the postman as well, are you? Absolutely, mate. Yeah? <laughs> How often does the mail run late? What's that? How often does the mail run late? <laughs> Rain hail or shower, mate. She's always there. <laughs> I'm, tipping there's a little, I'm tipping there's a little something in it for you to be out doing this. <laughs> oh yeah, nobody nobody works for free, do they? No, exactly, mate. We were just talking. I got Rico here. We we're doing a podcast, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about how you ended up with that walkabout creek hotel. You were actually a customer. Went home and googled it and found out it was for sale. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah. Well, we actually went to Bullia. We googled it while we were in Bullia. <laughs> we went went to the camel races. Oh and, right, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where we were heading, sort of. Yeah, we just pulled up there on the way. Yeah, so then you went back and wrote a check, cashed up Frank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wasn't quite that easy, but yeah, no, we end up end up here in the, in the eventually, so then it worked out good. Yeah, exactly right, mate. And how's things been going to the pub, mate? She'd be quiet now, wouldn't it? Yeah, mate. Yeah, starting to steady up a bit. Yeah, yeah it'd be, be warm out there. A, yeah, sort of. Well, not real warm yet. It's sort of mid forties. Yeah, <laughs> mid forties. So but, that's um, not real warm. No. Well, well, not mid forties, probably forty-two around there. Getting this, yeah, that's still up there. That's and there's a different heat yeah. up there too than down it is, here. It it's is, a yeah. different heat. I mean, it's, it's really hot. Oh, I'm tipping the cool rooms are being pretty well maintained though. <laughs> Cleanest cool rooms in Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, you've got to spend a bit of time in there. How far is the? Mu- uh... How far is the? Mu- oh no, you do. You get in there yourself and test out the product and make sure that no one's going to be. None of your customers will be contaminated. I mean, that's the thing with it. I mean, this is one of the pubs that you go to that you know that the beer has been tested thoroughly. Yeah, that's right. Well, look, a man's not a camel. He's got to drink something. How big's the mail run, Frank? Um, I do it in two hits. Like, we do it twice a week, and uh, one one bit of it's 100 kilometres round trip, and the bit I'm doing today is 300, so that's 800k a week, really. Yeah, yeah. that's all right, isn't it? Have you got like, the yeah, little Australia Post sticker on the back of your car? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've got the Walkabout Creek sticker on the yeah, side. Uh, very good. You, uh, need to, you need to send me a new one of them, mate. We'll put that on the new four-wheel drive we've got down here because I did have the Walkabout Creek Hotel on my old um, four-wheel drive, so we need to make sure we get some new stickers put on for you. I'll do that, mate. Yeah, I've got a couple there. Yeah, get them down to me. Now, listen, now, that little bird tells me you're going on holiday to Scotland. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had Scotland. a few. We had a few bloody um, 
free farewell drinks last night. Actually, I was a little bit ducky this morning when I got up. <laughs> <laughs> farewell <laughs> drinks? What do, you, what, do you, what do you think? You're not coming back? <laughs> oh, any excuse, mate? Any excuse? Yeah, yeah, no, fair, yeah no. Oh, mate, absolutely. So you're going over there for Christmas, are you? Yeah, mate, Christmas and New Year. We, yeah, and I've, I've got to get a haircut, so I thought I might as well do that while I'm there. Yeah, you'd you know, have to tidy yourself up, I, mate. I reckon Frank would make a good William Wallace. Oh, mate. Paint half his face blue. <laughs> Frank will walk in. I'll go, hang on. Mate, I reckon they're going to be very concerned when Frank walks through customs. Like They'll be going, look at this live one coming this way. Mate, what, I mean, in, I know in that part of the world it's going to be absolutely freezing. It'll be minus 42. What are you going to do? Uh, yeah. What, have you found a pub over there yet you can go to? Or? Well, I'm not sure if you've got the pub over there, but we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> No, big, big drinking culture in Scotland. Oh man. yeah, you'd be dirty. Yeah. You'd be dirty if the beer's warm. Ah, uh, no, mate. We we drink rum. We'll do something. We'll make some sort of a layout. Drink, drink rum. Yeah, no, fair enough. That's, that's, that's you It'd know, be good rum drinking weather. I reckon over there. Yeah, it might well be. Well, well, but you talk to some people in parts of this country, in particular where you're from, mate. They drink rum any day of the week, mate. What about? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. There'd be plenty of people over there that would have heard of your pub. Yeah, yeah, we should take a couple of shirts or something over, shouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, you should, absolutely. I mean, you imagine you talk, mate, I reckon if you would walk in to any pub or anywhere in Scotland and say, I own the Walkabout Creek Hotel out of the Crocodile Dundee movie, I mean, mate, you mightn't pay for a beer the whole time you're there. Yeah, could be a rot. <laughs> That's not a bad plan. I should give that a crack. Well, mate, it's a very <laughs> iconic pub. It's known worldwide, I mean, uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, imagine when they see you and they think, I reckon they'll say to you, mate, is there a jail at Walkabout Creek you're confusing that with? <laughs> I thought we sent all there our convicts over there. Yeah. <laughs> so your daughter's over there. That's why you're going over for Christmas? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. She's the hairdresser, so that's, that's the plan. Yeah. And she's haircut, a... in, um, haircut in Scotland. Actually, two of our daughters are over there. and We've got three daughters and the, and the other one, she's coming over with us when we go, so it should be good. Yeah, no, it will be good. And, uh, mate, what will happen with the pub? Because it'll be very quiet. What are you going to do there? I'm happy to come up um, and run it. Uh, we thought about getting a manager or something in there, but, you know, you wouldn't make wages. So we mm. we got onto the licensing commission and, and they said it'd be all right if we just shut it. So we're going to shut it for a month. And, yeah. and You know what? It'd yeah. be cheaper to put a manager in there than the duck, I reckon. You might go for a bit of stock. <laughs> I'd work for beer, work for beer, Frank. Don't worry yeah. about that. I don't know whether Miguel is that big duck. Yeah, listen now. Oh, the, mate, duck, I, the ducks right into stock take. Let me tell you, as much stock as you can. I have had a couple. In, a stock, yeah. I have had a couple in there, mate. What about um? What about so? What you, you say? You had to get. What you didn't get permission. You just had to make sure you were sweet, did you? Just to close up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't know how that went, so. Yeah, we just yeah just got on them, and they said, "Yeah, no worries. Just give us the dates and let us know when you're coming back." And she's all honky dory. So yeah. yeah, we better make sure we tell as many people as we can that the pub's temporarily closed while you're on holidays. You'll put some signs around. We might get on the radio next week. Yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah. From uh, well, this I think this Wednesday's our last day, and then we come back on the tenth of January. Yeah, right. Oh, back in time to prepare for the um, the cricket at the MCG, mate. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've got to get the we've got to get the pitch in order. Yeah, get the pitch. Yeah. She's concrete, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what, what sort of water? What, what, what sort of water you got to get into? What? Sweep it off. Fresh, fresh paint. A fresh coat of green paint. <laughs> Turn the lights too. It's one of the only cricket games anywhere in the world where it's a four-hour drink break. Oh, I love it. Love it. Hey, how good is it, mate? All uh, right. Geez. 
Well, mate, we'll get you on the radio next week and um, and have a chat just to tell people. And if we can't get you, I'll tell people anyway that the uh, the uh, Walkabout Creek Hotel will be temporarily closed while you're overseas having a book. Mate, this will be the first holiday you've had since you've owned the pub, wouldn't it? Uh, second one, mate. Yeah, we went on a well, uh, Kelly, our daughter, and she, she ran the show for us for a week when we went on a cruise there a couple of years ago. Right. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been a while, that's for sure. Geez, you picked a hell of a spot, mate. I don't think you'd get any further away from Walkabout Creek Hotel <laughs> than Scotland. We come back wearing a, wearing a skirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'd be that'd be. Yeah, oh, no, I don't want to see that. Uh, that's that's all right in some parts of. <laughs> you guys get away with it in certain parts of the country these days, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, look, look, you're coming back wearing a skirt. Well, bring some bagpipes back, mate. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? Yeah. Bagpipers walk when they play to get away to get away from the noise. <laughs> oh, come on, duck! That was good. Oh, mate, I was, that went over my head. But anyway, <laughs> but all right, Frank. Well, we'll let you do the mail run, mate. And uh, mate, I reckon. Look, a little bit of advice for you when you're travelling over there. I would certainly be taking wearing some t-shirts. Walk about Creek Hotel. Tell people who you are, Frank, because your holiday could be a hell of a lot cheaper when they find out they're talking to a guru who owns the famous walkabout. Because, mate, that, I'm tipping there'd be people you'll bump into over there that would have watched Crocodile Dundee and would certainly know that pub. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon you're right, mate. Yeah, well, I'll do that. I'll, I'll take a couple of shirts and stuff over and... Yeah, yeah, there we go. I said, where do you go to that? I oh, well, I actually own the pub. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, mate. Well, mate, you travel safe. I'll, I'll, Jay, I'll try and get hold of you next week when you're not on the mail run and see if we can get right, on mate. the radio and we'll tell people that the pub's only temporarily closed while Frank's on a holiday. And, like, uh, I know it was a pretty um, a slow start of the travel season, but you picked up and you've come through. And uh, But this time of year, it's very, very quiet. You'll have to get a couple of those... Uh, Locals to stock up on some takeaways before you go, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've given them all the word, so yeah, they'll uh, yeah they'll, have to, they'll they'll certainly have to get some Christmas drinks in order, won't they? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Do you normally do a bit of a New Year's singing at the pub? Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. so this year he's not on, obviously, because there's no he's one. Not there. on, no. Yeah, well, no, could, be, no. could be on the veranda. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> Probably happening anyway, I reckon. How would you feel, Frank, if you were over there in in Scotland and you and you got photos of me and Rico drinking on your veranda at the pub, going Frank, <laughs> standing there with a bobby pin trying to pick the locks? Oh, mate, unbelievable! We've got a few things planned for next year too, Frank. So you're a big chance of seeing me up there, mate. All right, mate, that'd be great. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, no, good stuff. Me too, mate. All right, we'll let you go and uh, you get back on that mail run. Are we delivering plenty of Christmas cards and prezzies in the run today? Yeah, we've got a few more than normal, actually. Yeah, the bags are a bit full. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, Very good stuff. Good. He's doing the old Santa Claus. Well, he's got the beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh, got, oh, oh. There's not much. <laughs> oh, 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 all right. All right, Frank, we'll, we'll let you get into it, mate, and get get that 300 k's done so you can get back in to the Walkabout Creek right, Pub and wash down the day as you do. Yeah, great talking to you. Good on you, mate. Talk to you soon. See you, mate. See you, mate. And there he is, our man, Frank, from the Walkabout <laughs> Creek Pub. How good is he? Oh, Scotland's not going to know what edit. I did tell you he was the best um, the best publican of uh, of all time, mate. mate I think all, all publicans out in those those rural areas, you know, where, where you've got those small populations, mm. they're, they're all a special breed. Mm. They really are. Yeah, mate, he's a great bloke, Frank. And it's funny, I, I tell this story all the time. When we were there last... 
we'd um we'd been to the big red bash and and uh, so we've got to go up and have a beer up and see Frank with this close, you know. So we drove up and uh, and stayed there. And um, I've got to tell you, we, we were sitting on the veranda having a few beers, and a couple of blokes with me said, "Mate, who's this little bloke with the beard? Keep giving us, he keeps coming out with beers." And I said, "Well, mate, he's our host. <laughs> he's our friendly publican because he looks nothing like a publican. Check out his Facebook page; you'll see plenty of photo, plenty of photos of Frank on their page. He's yeah. a great bloke." Great, some great shots on there at the inside of the pub as well. It's mm. uh, it's it's definitely a unique one. He's done well. I'll tell you one thing is, um, the last time I was there, the only thing that's not original inside the pub is the actual bar itself. Yeah. So the bar out of the movie, he he now has that as well as the old international truck where now he pulls up in front of the Buffalo. Yep. He's got that parked there as well. He's got an old Valiant Ute parked there. And what happened, he, he was in the... I said to him, when I went there, I said, mate... And what he's done with the old bar, the bar... Because that was a movie prop, that actual bar. Yep. In the movie. He's now set that up as a can bar outside. Oh, nice. Right? Yeah, oh, mate, he's, right, he's all over it. And he's got the truck parked out the front and the ute and all that stuff. And he's um, the buffalo. And I said to him, I said to him, um, mate, how'd you get hold of this stuff? And he said, mate, he was there one day, the phone rang, and it was John Cornell's PA. And uh, and uh, they wanted to do something with um, with some of the stuff from the movie, and and they thought it was appropriate they sent it out there because they'd heard that, you know, he's got the you know the pub going, and it's called it's actually called the Walkabout Creek yeah. Hotel. How good is that? And um, so they so he he gave it to him. Old John Cornell Strong. Yeah. He's a bit of an unsung hero, isn't yeah, he? No, absolutely, mate. He's absolutely. I mean, he's probably one of our greatest Australians, I reckon. I mean, yeah. like, mate, he invented night cricket. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Come <laughs> mate, on, fair, Aussie, mate. Fair dinkum. I mean, he is an absolute genius, and um, has um, suffering from ill health these days, but still going well up there in Byron Bay. So, uh, oh. but mate, he is obviously mate. They don't make him like him anymore, mate. No. No, no, you probably couldn't get away with a lot the, of people the run around these. A lot of people run around and call themselves ideas man, <laughs> ideas people. I mean, he's a bloke who, who basically came up with day night cricket. Yeah, you know, and um, was but, but hugely responsible for the way you watch cricket today. Yeah, you know him and you know and he was. You know, I'm tipping you're not giving advice to Kerry Packer and those that advice is being accepted and put into place if you're not if you're some sort of a dill. Yeah, that's so right. He obviously knew what he was on about. And, yeah, so um, Kerry didn't suffer fools very well, did he? No, absolutely. And then you look at, you know, obviously his relationship with Paul Hogan and what he did with him and just, you know, other yeah. blacks are genius, I reckon. An absolute genius and probably one of our greatest Australians. I, I, that's my view anyway. Yeah, look, I agree. I yeah. agree. And uh, like, when you look at what he's... You look at now Frank out there all these years later, um, still got the pub going, still got the croc, you know, the croc Dundee stuff happening out there. Yep. And the, the other thing with it is the interest after all these years. The people that still pull well, up will grab the Akubra hat with the croc teeth, get the photo box holding. Box office it. hit, and it's yeah. an Australian icon. Yeah, and all, the, all these years later, people still want to go to that pub, yep. including me. Absolutely, I let's wish go. I was there now. In fact, these days I go there more for Frank's company. He is a great bloke to have a beer with. Yep. He's a beauty anyway. Oh, well, we've done pretty good on the pubs this week, mate, so we've worked yeah. all that out. Mate, let's quickly get on to um, four-wheel drive parks. Four-wheel drive parks, mate. I love me a good four-wheel drive park. Up in Queensland, they're spoiled for choice. Closer to home here in Sydney, not so many. There's a few around. There's some great ones. You ran into a mate of mine, mm. uh, Jamie Pizzina, who owns the um, the TJ's Forby Park up yeah, which, there in House Valley. Which, which isn't far from here. 
No, that's right. And, I, and here's a tip for you. I had no idea that that was there. Oh, there you go. No, he's been there for quite a while now. Mm. So I've known Jamie for a while. Um, I actually photographed his ute that, mm. that you spotted, and that's how you met him. The D-Max? Yeah, the D-Max with the camo yeah. wrap on it. Yeah. He's got those, right? it's, well, that's what that's what stood out for me when I first saw him. And a million lights everywhere. Oh, I didn't see the lights, but yeah. Oh, he might have taken them off, but I, I think he's scared of the dark because there was no shortage of lights when I photographed him, that's for sure. Yeah, no, fair enough. And before that, I used to work in a motorbike shop in Penrith. Um called Action Motorcycles. I was the store manager there and Jamie used to come and get parts all the time. He, mm. he runs a, a motorcycle workshop over there in Penrith as well, yep. specialising in, in turboing high boosters and supercharging mm. Harleys and, and doing all that sort of fun go-fast stuff. Mm. Well, there's some good four-wheel drive parks around. I mean, obviously the pick of them is the one up in Brisbane, in Queensland, Land Cruiser Park, but there's some good ones here too and they're popping up. And uh, one that you've been to and you're a fan of is out the um, New South Wales, Western New South Wales. Yeah, up there just outside between Mudgee and Hill End. It's called Central West Four Wheel Drive Park, mm. uh, run by another mate of mine named Jamie. There you go, mm. two Jamies, two four wheel drive parks. Yep. Um, he has a nickname himself, has he, really? No, no, no. No, fair enough. No, no, nobody likes that. No, that that's a corker as well. Um, and then you've got uh, Bylong Creek. Yep. Just out there near Ralston. Uh, what are the advantages of uh, the advantages of a four wheel drive park? I went to one in Adelaide, which was a beauty, an absolute ripper of about uh, fifty or sixty k's out of Adelaide. Yeah, um, and it was an absolute ripper. Was we that went Love Day. No, no, the name just escaped me, mate. But we were there, and uh, Ronnie Dale, myself, and young Chris Woods went out there and camped a night. And we did some filming the following day. Just spectacular. Yeah, Bendelby Range is another good one. Yeah, we would not believe. That you were in a, in a, you wouldn't believe that you were actually in a four wheel drive park. You just think you're in the natural environment in the, in the bush. You yeah. Know? Um, oh, look, and that's what's great about it. You know, you you know you're going to be fairly safe. Mm. Um, eagle view, eagle view, eagle view. Yeah. That was it. Eagle view. Beautiful. Yeah. So we were out there, and I've got to tell you, it was a, I made a fantastic setup. Just kilometres and kilometres of tracks and. Yep. Oh, you know, and some challenging tracks too at that, but great camp spots. And well, it's great grounds. because they'll give you a map and they'll they'll give you a bit of an idea of what you're in for as well. So mm. if you don't want to bite off more than you can chew, the, mm. the map will typically tell you, hey, this is going to be a pretty tough track, mm. or this is one that's a bit scenic, mm. and you can pick and choose what's going to suit you and your four-wheel drive and your level of experience. Mm, no, uh, and well, like you say, the camping is, is normally first class as well. Yeah, no, so they are a good thing. And, and as I mentioned earlier, Graham Cahill, he believes that at one at some point, It'll be the go-to for four-wheel drivers because we're just getting the four-wheel drivers out there are just are getting limited access every more limited access every day. You know, yeah, they want to turn this into that. They want to put a gate across this, and hence, well, hence the fact now when we look at some of these fires that are around the place. Yeah, especially here in New South Wales, that's it's it's the nanny state when it comes to that sort of thing. The people mm. in Victoria need to be applauded. They've just um, they've just allocated quite a bit of money to four-wheel driving. Literally opening up more tracks mm, in some iconic areas. So yeah. well, why don't we do that here? Yeah. So how good is that? You know, yeah. if the rest of the country could have a look at what they're doing down there in Victoria, mm. you know, and you go into the high country, you know, except for seasonal closures, there's not too many places you can't go. You come across very, very few gates or fences in that region. Mm. You know, you can understand a seasonal closure. That makes perfect sense. You don't want to destroy the tracks when the weather's bad. Uh, and put yourself at risk as well because there are some gnarly tracks up there in the high country. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I think, um, well, why aren't we doing that here? Yeah, such a sensible approach. It really is. And and it's going to bring money to those little towns as well. Yeah, The likes no, exactly. of which they just would not see otherwise. Mm. Simple as that. But four-wheel drive parks, like you say, they're, they're a great way to go out there and, and cut your teeth as a four-wheel driver. Great yep. way to go camping. 
Uh, Queensland's got plenty of them around the scenic rim area, mm. um, up around the, the New South Wales Queensland border. There's quite a safety a involved too, really, because you're in like a, you're, you're you're in a place that's basically fenced off, whether it's a thousand acres or ten thousand acres. Yeah, that's right. You're in you're you're in a controlled environment to some degree, and if something happens, well, it helps right there. Yeah, well, there's typically always someone else around, mm. isn't there? So yeah, exactly right. No, I'm a big fan. I'm yeah. a big fan. Yeah, I'd, no, I'd love to see more of them, you know, within a couple hundred k's of Sydney. Yeah. It'd just be golden. Yeah. I'll tell you what, well, the New South Wales government need to done. We don't get political here. Um, it's just too much bullshit in politics for me. But, yeah. but I just don't know, I don't know why they don't take up the charge. If Victoria can, can you know, dedicate, you know, allocate yeah. tracks and do things and throw some money at it. Well, like you say, we're not political, but when someone does do the right thing. Mm. Why can't um, we do it here? How good is it to highlight it? I mean, we've got tracks that are gated off here that are just full of undergrowth and fuel. And, and look, I'm not saying that's cause fires, but geez, it hasn't. Hasn't helped, especially Mate, when some of the access to the, some of these tracks, fire trucks can't even get on some of those old trails. Well, I'll tell you what, where they've had that Gospers Mountain fire, mm. that's all wilderness now. You're actually not allowed in there at all. Mm. Now, that used to be a mecca for four-wheel driving, mm. an absolute that, mecca. And they're in there clearing tracks. Four-wheel drivers will clear tracks and yeah, that's right. And do yeah. and, and will help manage the bush, albeit in a very small way. And a small contribution, but it's still a contribution. It's a contribution that allows the fire trucks to be able to have clear Mm. and proper access that they they would not have enjoyed trying to battle these fires right now. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, they might have been able to cut it off a lot sooner had they had better access. So four-wheel drive, Park, you got a favourite? Oh, mate, it's hard to narrow it down to one. Land Cruiser Mountain Park is hard to go past because it really is the granddaddy of them all. It's huge. Uh, I do like Bylong Creek out there at Ralston. Um... And, and near Candor, there, that's a cracker. Yep. Some great tracks there, some good facilities, some great camping. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of these places opening up for camping now, some of these private properties. Yeah. There's one at Capity, a new campground out there as well, out in that region. Uh, it's, it's good to see, isn't it? Mm, it is. And uh, like you say, and you're made up the road from here. Yeah. Which I did not even know. I, saw, I spotted his car. I said, mate, what do you do, mate? Where's that? TJ's Forby and, Park. And he said, mate, I'm at Howes Valley. I said, you're kidding. And he's looking at my vehicle going, well, what do you do? I think, I think Central <laughs> West is probably my favourite at this stage. The, mm. the camping there right on the river yep. is just amazing. And everything's supplied there, firewood, everything. Yes, it? there's yeah. firewood. You can choose to camp in a spot where there's showers as well, mm. hot showers. Um, yeah, or you can just that. go remote and do the whole, you know, no one around you type sort of camping. Yep. Uh, oh. you, you can go do a bit of gold prospecting if you like. Yeah, right. There's a bit of everything there. Yeah, good place to go. In the cooler months, and I did see. I think this weekend is the last weekend out there uh, this year. So yep. if you want to get out there, go, go now. Yeah, too right. Yeah, too right. So there Plenty you of go. history out that way as well. The Cobb and Co route ran through that property. Mm. Really um, through the property. Through the property, so yep. you can actually drive one of the tracks that uh, that the Cobb and Co route took. Yeah, well, there you go. Sounds all right to me, mate. All right. So uh, that's the four wheel drive tracks and four wheel drive parks, and and uh, like we say, it's a, it is a great way to go. Four-wheel driving in a sort of half-pie-controlled environment with camping thrown in and enjoy yourself. And, uh, and, mate, just one word of advice, whatever you take in there, if there's no bins provided... Take it out. Take it back out. Please. I did see a very, very colourful video um, <laughs> from, from your mate. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, we'll do that and let's, uh, we'll move on to the um, Caribbean parks in just a sec. So, mate, caravan parks. Oh, uh, mate, I've been to some cracking caravan parks. I've got mates who go to the same place every year. Mm. Um, around the country, there is such a variety of parks. Some of them uh, are fair income, like resorts. Mm. Others are bare basics. Mm. Mate, what's your favourite? 
I've got a couple of favourite caravan parks. For me, I, I just, it depends what time of year and what the trip's about or what, what sort of a holiday or what sort of a break it is for me in regards to caravan parks. Sometimes I think, oh, I don't want to go to a caravan park. You, you all keep close together in, in a lot of them and some of them, you know, and other times you just want to get out into the outback or get out into the bush. But there are times when you don't mind going to a caravan park, you well, know. If you've and been on the road for a week and uh, and you're with a stinky crew. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, oh mate, caravan parks are great for that to call in and have a bit of a breather. But I'm talking about you're going away for two weeks and you're going to be in a caravan park for the two weeks. Now look, if you've got kids, it's a great thing to do. I mean, that, I mean, there's a caravan park that we've spoken about before down south. It has a bowling alley, a club. It has a picture theatre. It has a water theme park. Wow. I mean, it's one of those places you go to, you don't leave for the entire holiday because it's all happening there. Yep. And then you've got, you know, so the caravan parks these days have really lifted the game in regards to um, looking after their, their customers. They're all fighting for the tourist dollar. Well, how, how about this one? I've got a mate with a caravan park up in Kempsey. Mm. Uh, as soon as you... Or Back in the old days when they didn't have the bypass, when you were coming into Kempsey, it was the first park you come to. There's a great big bunch of smiley faces there. And he's built a four-wheel drive park, or four-wheel drive track in the back of the park. So how big is the park? I don't know how many acres it is, but there's there's plenty enough room there. And then if you get bored with that track, you just go out the gate and you're into the state forest. Yeah, right, okay. Jeez, that sounds right. Where's that? Kempsey? Kempsey, so yeah. So sort of south Kempsey or just as you're coming S- in there? Sort of right on the... Near the, the Slim Dusty Centre somewhere? Almost directly opposite, yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Oh, so he's on that side of the road, yep. that side of the highway. Yep. Yeah, right, the okay. Side, yeah. yeah, right, it's okay. Just so how about that? One out. You know, you've got your Should bowling alleys and Who water theme parks, but uh, not too many will have their own four-wheel drive track. No, park. definitely not. And, um, and I mean, some of the caravan parks that you'll stay in on out in the outback are rippers as well. I mean, they've got pubs and things attached to them and, and things like that. But, I mean, for me... Well, I've got a couple of standouts. One that's close, which is a great weekend, or even a, a couple of weeks. We went there for Easter, which is called Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, and it's basically a caravan park on the beach. Yeah, nice. And it's a ripper, and it's got like cabin accommodation and all that stuff, which is sort of not separate, but it looks like it's separate. Yeah. Then you've got your caravans and your campers, but everyone and you're on this little lagoon. It's called Blue Lagoon for a good reason because it's right on this on the ocean, but this little cove you know, if you like, in Sandy Beach, and you just walk out of the park onto it. Like, it's was, amazing. It's just thinking, unbelievable. I was thinking Brooke Shields might be walking around Starkers or something. You know, probably uh, not. Wrong blue lagoon? Yeah, wrong one, mate. Uh, yeah, so it, um, you, I thought you'd have been chasing the other one with the bloke. <laughs> no, in that. No but any, anyway, they'd be a fair bit older these days. <laughs> anyway, so... He didn't um, do so well out of that movie. Who? Everyone, everyone remembers Brooke Shields. No one remembers that bloke's name. Yeah, well, I can't. No, no idea. Yeah, anyway... I don't think they've done much either since that movie. How long ago? Well, that be 40-odd years ago. Probably hasn't had to. be longer than that. How long ago was that movie? Anyway. But, yeah, so I like that caravan park. The thing with caravan parks, especially this time of year, is sometimes it can, depending on what you do for a job, of course, it can take you a bit to switch off. When you go to a caravan park, you drive in, you set up, and straight away you can just feel that holiday atmosphere there's kids on bikes there's blokes cooking barbies yeah. there's people kick, kicking back listening to a bit of music in different you know vans and yeah. everyone's so, having a drink and everyone there is not thinking about work no. apart from the people who actually work there rigging up fishing rods and yeah it's oh. just mate it is just let's go so straight away you just get that that atmosphere and everyone's a little bit friendlier yep because they have they're not working they're on of holidays course, yeah you know, so everyone just seems a little bit more friendly. There'll be people that, yep. people that will talk to you there. 
that if you would have speak to them in, say, August, they'd walk past you. Yeah, that's right. But you walk through a caravan park, everyone's going, mate, you know, mate, you know. Well, you're all there for the same reason, to have a yeah. good time. And, uh, and most people are sort of, there's no bullshit. You know, everyone's sort of on the same yep. budgets and things. Hence the fact they're all staying in caravan parks and not in five-star resorts somewhere. Right, so the Blue Lagoon at Bad A Bay gets That's a bit of a, I like the, I'll tell you another park I do like is, uh, I like the one at Port Macquarie there on the break wall. Yep. Uh, but I also like the one at Alice Springs. McConnell Ranges. Oh, that's a The ripper. big four out there. Yeah, mate. We've stayed there a few times. Every time we've gone through the Alice, we've actually stayed there because by that time we've been due for a shower. So we'll spend mm. a night or two there. And last time we were there, it was sort of coincided with the Fink Desert race. So the, the place was pretty packed. And because we're there creating a TV show, a lot of the times you, you get treated a little bit better because you've got these big cameras. and they, they So in other words, you walked in and wrapped yourselves and said, look, we're doing... How did they see the cameras in the vehicle? Uh, I think the producers would have called ahead and said, "Hey, we've got some very important people coming, <laughs> and we've got uh, and we've got TV cameras, and there's a good chance we're going to make you look really good on TV if you look after us." Yeah, right. So right there in the middle of that park, who were the important movie. people? I don't know, mate. I never met them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, some think they're more important than others these days, but anyway, it's the way it is. Oh, they certainly do. Look, but in the middle of that park, there's a great spot that's that's right up high. Mm. Um, I think they do some like drive-in theatre-type stuff there. They've got a big white screen at the top. But yeah. the view of the ranges from up there Oh, mate, sensational. ...is just first class. Yeah. I'll tell you what they do have there too, and if you've got a camper trailer, we went there, we were in the camper long before I bought the uh, the van, um, the ensuite sites. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? And then not only are they good because they've actually got your own exclusive toilet and shower, but they're great to lock up stuff. Yep. Lock up some, you know, you can lock your fishing gear in or things, bits and pieces, whatever. Kids, if they're giving lock, you grief. Lock the door, and I don't know if I go that extreme, but lock the door, <laughs> throw your gear in. And, but the thing with that park is, too, is that obviously there's a lot of people travelling through the Alice during that June, July, August period. They've got people who come from Adelaide and other places and set up their food, like food vendors inside the park Yep. for that three months. Like the pancake bloke, did you meet him? Yeah, the crepe guy, he was yeah. there. He was, he was doing a roaring trade. All oh, day. yeah. Lined up at night, they were there, getting yeah. strawberries and ice creams and all that and these pancakes. All the, all the Fink racers getting their energy before they get out and yeah. do the racing. Yeah. Yeah, no, so that was certainly, um, you know, that's a great... I do, I'm a big fan of that. I'm a fan of a lot of a lot of the outback parks, but that is a beauty. Yeah. The one at Alice Springs. Oh, where we stayed there, there was a great big uh, communal campfire, so it was hard to drag me away from there. Yeah, right. That was a corker. I've got, I've got a couple of favourites, actually. So uh, the first one is a place called Gem Tree. Yeah. Out off the Plenty Highway um, in the Northern Territory as well, right near where the... Uh, it's on the Hearts Ranges where the bins track intersects the Plenty Highway. Yeah. And that's an absolute ripper. It's got a, a really good little um, general store there where they have their own homemade pies, which... Yeah. If you haven't tried, that needs to be on your bucket list. They are something special. And you can make the run from there down the binge track to Mount Deer, which is great. Another absolute corker is up at Woolgooga, just north of Coffs Harbour. Yeah, I've been in there. That's a beauty. That is a rip snorter. So that's where the uh, the, the lake or the river empties into the sea there, mm. right on the beach. So We actually grabbed a cabin there, right next to the surf club. Yeah, I've stayed in a cabin there as well with yeah. uh, with my mate Steve Starling, who snores like a train, just quietly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great, great time there, the... All the birds come in at the evening and the kookaburras come around mm. looking for a bit of a feed. That's right, the, the middle of town in a way. Yeah, and you've got the little communal kitchen thing mm. going on outside. Yeah. I love that in caravan parks. Well, camp kitchens are like the community hub. Yeah. I remember we stayed at a caravan park at Noosa, right on the um, sort of opposite the um, the mouth of the ocean there. I can't think of the name of it now. Was it Noosa River Caravan Park or something? But right there on the where the water's blue and you can see the you know yeah. the ocean, the waves and... 
and they had a, one of those camp kitchens in there. And because in that area, it's basically a lot of um, a lot of backpackers. Yep. At night, they're all cooking all different meals from you know, they're from Germany. They're cooking what they would tradi- traditionally cook in Germany. And mate, it was there was me and this blo- me and this bloke I'd sort of hooked I've, up he- with. I've heard that the food and from Germany is the worst. I've got no idea, but I'm talking about it. that was just an example. Oh, uh, that went right, right over your head, didn't it? No, it, no, it didn't. But anyway, <laughs> so at the end of the day, we'd be over there drinking beers. <laughs> We're cocking them up and talking. I mean, mate, this bloke who. He was actually a pretty good bloke. He he was. Um, I'll just try a bit of that, mate. You know, and I said, oh, "Do you want some?" You know, and like, he was like, <laughs> uh, "But mate, it was. But it was every night. It was. It was all. It was all on. All on. All happening. Yep. At the camp kitchen, which was right on the actual water as well. Um, yeah. So that's another great park, mate. There's the caravan parks are everywhere, and they are good. And this time of year, I'm tipping if you're uh, heading away for the east coast. Uh, for your holidays, I'd be booking if you haven't. Yeah, you'd be lucky you'd, to get a spot now. You'd be booking for next year now. Yeah, and yeah. even and even then, there's a lot of the popular ones like yeah. East Beach at Kiama. Mm. They'll be booked out for next year by now. Yeah, that, that yeah. place is crazy. Yeah, up well, ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, it's just incredible. So, but in saying that, you'll always jag a spot somewhere. So, yep. Um, and that's the beauty of what I've got with this off-road van. I've got my holiday accommodation sitting outside. Yeah, you're ready to go. Aren't I you? am ready, mate. Ready. Well, up, it's it funny up. we were talking about it last night. Sitting by the pool last night with the missus, she's having a wine, I was having a, a long neck. <laughs> not, not a cider. Not a cider. <laughs> and she we were, talk, we were talking about, she said, we haven't really planned anything. I said, well, we're on the no plan plan, yeah. which is the Mount Leyland plan. She come to Cameron Corner, mate. And I said, no, I won't be doing that. And um, basically, I said, well, we've got our accommodation in Sydney, we've got to back up to it, hook it up and go. <laughs> I said, mate, we'll be sweet. And let's just play by ear. I certainly want to spend some time down at Wiseman's. Yeah, with a couple well, of my jet ski mates. Hopefully it's still there. Yeah, well, um, I know they're not allowed to go down to the park there. Yeah, it's... it's at the moment. That's and nasty. Yeah, and uh, and they've been they've been um, denied access there for a few weeks now. Yep. And, um, but um, I think by then it'll settle down a bit and, and we'll get down there. And So I certainly want to spend some time there and take the jet ski down for a bit of a spurt. And yeah, too right. Hang around with the boys and we'll go, we go on some pretty big long rides from there. I can imagine. Yeah, so... Oh, it's a great place to base yourself if you're doing anything on the water. Yeah, yeah. There's, well, anywhere on the Hawkesbury's family. Great fishing there tops. as well. Yeah, there is a bit of fishing there. They catch them off the bank there, mate. Yeah. Where we go. So we'll get down there at some point. I certainly want to do that, which isn't too far away from home. Have they still I'm got a, the golf course down there? That no, that's a, that's a Del Rio. You're thinking Del Rio, yes. Yeah. is a great park. Yeah. It's, I've, mate, I've, it's, I've it's, played golf there once. It's Kid Central there. They've got the BMX track. They've got the little... The good look, my favourite thing about Del Rio... Is it's got a club in the park? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's mate. They put on. Let me tell you now, they put on a fireworks display there on New Year's Eve that will rival anybody. Amazing. Yeah. Huge. There's another caravan not just park. At, not, not at midnight. Well, they do at midnight, but at nine o'clock for the kids, unbelievable. It's uh, and it's a great spot, Del Rio on the Hawkesbury. Another caravan park springs to mind that has its own golf course, and that's out at Wentworth Caves in New yeah. South Wales. Yep. That's a corker. If you haven't been there, anyway, it's definitely worth a look. Anyway, so if you're off on holidays, very very soon Christmas is upon us. Yeah, and if you you've know, got a favourite, those caravan parks. If you've got a favourite, let us know. Yeah, let us know about that as well because we like uh, we like to get a few suggestions and places that we haven't been to, or we might want to share some of that love yeah. around well, look, with you, some other people. You might not as well because you never know. Me and the duck might just lob and uh, ruin it for everyone. We could do. Yeah, I'm with the yeah exactly. I hide a bit in caravan parks, <laughs> sort of hang around where I am and go out to the pub and 
Yep. Do a bit of fishing. I like I like it if I can. It's handy. If we don't go too far, we'll take two cars so we can take the jet ski. Yeah. I, I like the jet ski. It's a big part of our holidays. What about the boat? It was the same. Oh, why wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. So, um, Can't I mean, that. yeah, that is the, um, and I'll just, you wouldn't believe it. You were asking me about the registration on the jet ski yesterday. I paid it this morning. Yeah, I was talking about getting a jet ski. I'd mm. love to get one and set it up for a bit of fishing. Yeah, we can do that pretty easy. I mean, they, they, I think a new jet ski these days, about 20 grand or something for a brand new but uh, you can set them up for, um, certainly can set them up for fishing and yeah, I like had a kayak set up for fishing, and I and I went that way rather than a boat, so I didn't have to take everyone with me. Yeah, right. And I, I think the jet ski would be the same. Well, you can take two or three with you. Two, you can take one or two with you. I'll take one of the kids for bait. You know, so, yeah, right, okay. Attract the sharks, throw them out there. All right. You obviously haven't spent any time with my children. Yeah, no. <laughs> I've taken my young bloke out on the jet ski millions menaces. of times. He actually takes it himself now. I can remember him going on the jet ski as young as, just like when I say... He was 17 months old, and he'd, he'd sit on the front and putt around with me. He went, by the time he was two, I'd have him out, we're going a little bit faster than putting around. By the time he was in kindergarten, he's in the ocean yeah. on the back of the jet is ski. Your, is yours one of those old-fashioned yeah. jet ski things where you can no, lift no, the handlebars no, up and no, stand no, up? No, kidding, aren't you? No. no she's a three-seater, mate. I take two of those seats and um, as well. But, <laughs> no, it's a pretty big jet ski, as it would need to be. But he now... Does he have any cup holders? He now, uh, no. Uh, one thing I do not do, I certainly never, ever do, is um, I never... Never drink in jet ski? Never. Or boat, never. No. No. So no, no. Just too many things can go wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm a big... Don't, mate, you've plenty of time to have a... And I'll tell you now, when you go for a real long ride in a jet ski, you might have one beer. You might think, oh, we'll get up there and we'll have a cold beer and then come back. Um, you know, but... You really enjoy a few beers after you've been on a long, hard ride and you come oh, back man. and you, you start washing the jet ski and you're flushing the engine and you, and you crack a cold one and there's plenty of time to kick back and drink them when you're finished. But no, one thing with boating and, you know, it's one of them times you've got to, you know, you're, you're very responsible when you're driving, um, but even more so because, there, and especially in busy areas, yeah. I mean, mate, the last thing I would want is if, if you were pulling skiers behind the jet ski and you've got someone coming towards you in a boat that's had a few, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, mate, it's just so many things. There are so many things that can go wrong. Mate, I made um, the mistake once of taking the kayak out mm. after a big night. I was dusty as. Yeah. And I put it in a pit water and went around Baron Joey Head and was mm. uh, doing a bit of trolling out there. And the swell come up. Mm. Got pretty pretty bad. You were in the kayak in the bottom of the, the <laughs> trough of the swell and all you can see is the green water around there and you get back up the top and you can figure out where you are. Going out there with a bit of a hangover and dusty was not a good move. Yeah, not a good move. That did not end well for me or the kayak. Yeah, the one thing with the jet ski, if you if you if you've had a big night the night before, one thing I've got one of the one of the smartest things I've ever purchased is a breathalyzer machine, calibrated the whole bit. Yep. So, but even and you can be dusty and unblown and be zero, but you still feel like shit because you've yeah. had a few. So one thing the jet ski does is clear those cobwebs pretty quickly. I can just imagine. Yeah, and uh, you feel pretty good. But yeah, yeah. No, that's one thing. I certainly I'm a, I'm real big on. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm not a big drinker these days. It doesn't take too many to get me dusty the next morning. I might yeah. not even get drunk I, that night. I've got to say that I, I really I don't get dusty. Oh no, but too often. I don't I don't get drunk that often, but I mm. get dusty more often than not. Mm. Well, I enjoy a beer probably more than I should, but. At the end of the, but I don't know. I normally just wake up and function pretty well. Yeah, I reckon I'll probably. You know, I was saying, mate, if you play up, you're back up. 
No, not me. No, yeah. hell no. It takes me three days to back up. Oh, no. I mean, if you have a rule, where was I? I'll, I'll tie one on once a year. I don't drink that often. Where was I? I was somewhere, and um, it took me a couple of days to get out. But one thing they do down at this place at Wiseman's, um, and there's a lot of people with permanent vans there and set up. They, they look like little cabins. They're good setups. They all drink. And I've got to tell you, for the first time in ever, I think, last time we were there, I said, I'll see you, boys. These are too big for me. <laughs> um, and the next day... We're oh, getting on, mate. That's the problem. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And it can take you a couple of days when you go with those real big. I mean, 11 o'clock's a late one for me now. Yeah, same. You know. I, I, well, I'm you know, normally the first one. I'll start early, but I won't. But even then, I don't even start as early as some. Yeah. I, and one thing with me with a beer is I've got to make sure my jobs are done before I go and have one. Yep. You know, I'm not going to oh, have a beer then mow the lawn. You earn your beers. You do your lawns. You vacuum in the pool. You do the jobs around the place. Then you have a beer. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, not like one of my neighbours who you see pushing the lawnmower with a can in his hand. Uh, not me, mate. I'll, <laughs> I'll actually uh, I'll sit inside and watch the bloke that I pay anyway. to do the grass. Anyway, yeah, well, mate, I'm, I'm the man here, mate. I'm, <laughs> but anyway, it's the way it is. But in saying that, mate, I don't have to get onto this subject. Oh, I don't know. We're talking about caravan parks. And jet skis. Anyway, yeah. but no, that's the case. All right. Well, no, I reckon that'll do us this week, Rico. We've uh, covered off pubs. It was great to get Frank on. Yeah, I, I think we've dribbled on for quite some time. He's a good bloke, Frank, isn't he? Oh, he's a champion. Yeah, he is. All right, well, that is the podcast for this week, and I think it's uh, been a beauty, mate. Another one, we've talked about four-wheel drive parks. We've talked about pubs, one of my favourite subjects, and, of course, we've spoken about caravan parks. We certainly thank you for tuning in. Rico, see you next week, mate. See you next week. Don't forget to send us an email. Tell us your favourite caravan parks, four-wheel drive parks, pubs. Yeah. Info at rickalontheduck.com.au. You can do that, and uh, we'll catch you next week. If you see us somewhere, come up and say good day. Uh, but uh, we'll be back to do this all again next week. We'll see you then.